toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you so much again for tuning in this week. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Stephanie Asello. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes and Spotify, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potentials in episodes 73, 78, and 90. And I've personally been receiving the scalar light energy daily and have really noticed the shifts in energy, including deeper sleep through chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a gift I can provide for my family. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present and take another deep breath into your nose, breathing in calm, loving, peaceful energy and breathing out anything you're ready to release in this now moment and take one more breath into your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself And breathe out that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Stephanie Asello. She is constantly walking the path of self-discovery, studying various practices and ideologies. Some of those practices include the principles of Raja Yoga, and when younger, she lived within a community yoga ashram under the tutelage of a woman guru. She also participates in various intensive meditation and self-inquiry practices. 
The allure of her spiritual experiences is constantly cultivating the desire to continuously look deeply and profoundly into the essence of life and endless intimate affair. She earned her Bachelor of Arts and Master of Science degrees in education and taught children and adults for many years. She conducts workshops, meditations, and heart writing readings. Pour Me Another Cup, Mystical Writing to Illuminate Your Soul was the first published volume of heart writings. Her writings bring the unknown into the known with dynamic, inspirational, and profound simplicity. Stephanie lives in beautiful Colorado with her family, friends, and her animal gurus. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Stephanie. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Looking forward to it. Yes, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Please Mm. maybe start off by telling us about your journey and what has led you down the spiritual path. Um, Well, do you want me to start... uh... Well, actually, I'm going to start when I was very young, probably eight or nine years old. I used to live on Long Island and I lived by the bay and I was outside all the time. And I was always, even at that age, in awe of the way nature functions. I remember when I was younger, I was like saying, all right, you put a seed, this little teeny seed in the ground, just give it dirt, water and the sun and a little attention and you get a fruit or a vegetable, I used to say, how does, that, how does that work? And that wonder of life has always been one of the catalysts to kind of guide me into uh, doing the inquiry of my inner self. So of course, as I got older, I wanted to, uh, I took TM, do you remember the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi with Transcendental Meditation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, because that was a while ago. I was, uh, <laughs> I was only, oh gosh, I, think I was just starting college or something and I took that and that opened up a lot of doors for me as well and then after that I um now I used to smoke I used to be a little rowdy and did other things Mm -hmm. and I had a real bad temper Italian temper and I knew that something had to change because I didn't like what I was doing and I was walking down the street in Amityville New York one day and I saw this big sign saying yoga classes down the block and that's when I said, all right, let me go to yoga. And, but the thing was, I was thinking, do I have to stop smoking? So I said, all right, you know what? Let me just go and see what happens. Because I was <laughs> smoking. And I went and then it changed my life. And that was the ashram in Amityville. It was a community ashram run by Garani Anjali. She just opened the world to me, uh, exactly what I was looking for. And I was there for seven years. And it was amazing. And I remember my first job was cleaning the toilets. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, man, this is karma yoga. And who know, Who knew you can reach samadhi or get enlightened by cleaning toilets? This is great. Well, I did it just for a couple of weeks and I couldn't take it anymore. And I asked for a change. But it, it, it was just such an eye opener for me doing those seven years and I I quit my job and I was totally immersed into it. Mm. However, at a point after a little while, I realized that I had to leave. It was time for me now to have sovereignty and self-govern myself and, and see what happens. And it was in, and that's what I did. I took other classes. I had another great teacher, this man named Dr. Hart. Uh, who I called the guru in polyester pants because he looked like an accountant, but, but he was he was amazing. 
And, um, and I decided then to go on my own and do my own inner journey without a, an external guru. I mm-hmm. always had a mentors, but I realized the guru was really within myself. Mm-hmm. And I had to start trusting my inner self, and my inner guidance. And, um, but always had mentors. I know, you know, that's a good thing, I think. But ultimately, you have to make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's what started it. Uh, then I went to college and, uh, and children were the, be- the best gurus. And as I'm going on, which you probably, you girls can probably relate, I realized everything you're faced with is a guru. Mm. Everything is showing you about you. From a fly to the human, from the atom to the universe. Because what you are faced with is your experience of yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. so and um so that was the biggest thing i you know i didn't start i don't look for them anymore that's why i call the animal gurus i've learned so much from my horses and the animal dogs and and of course people <laughs> they go in there too but that's the the main thing that i think i got from a, going to the ashram was realizing that the gurus within us and everything you're faced with has something to tell you about you Wow, that is such a beautiful journey. I love that. And, you know, I think it's just, a, you know, what you said about how, you know, you were looking maybe outside for a while, and then you took, you brought it back within to recognize that you're your own guru, and to be in reflection of the world around you and, and being able to learn from, you know, nature essentially and, and others and, you know, what is reflecting back to you. I'm wondering if, you know, let's explore that concept a little bit. What was that like for you to really see a fly and, and learn from the fly or learn from, you know, what was in front of you at that time? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. And, you know, it's, I give, if a fly or a tomato, because I grow gardens, um, <laughs> I give them some, uh, like a name. So like this fly, and I'll explain this was a, a certain particular fly. Uh, I called it uh, Shri Flyananda. <laughs> because what happened when I was at a friend's house in upstate New York eating a muffin, and this big, it was a big fly, and it landed on my shoulder. And I'm looking at it, it's looking at me. Now it probably saw thousands of me, but, I, but nevertheless, and then I started feeding it. And it was like this experience of being, we both were in that same energy and it felt love. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, you know, the, the fly trusted me. I, I know it sounds crazy, but, and I trusted that fly and it stayed with me. I was feeding it. And then I realized something that every aspect of existence has a divine essence everyone the same as we do and when we connect to that love rises within us Mm -hmm. it's the vibration of love and i know love sometimes has uh, so many different definitions and i'm not talking about conditional love or love of something it's just the state of being of love that consciousness that pure awareness you know that connection that oneness you know and i felt that with that fly and it affected me till this day. And that was a while ago. So, 
that was one guru. So I, now when I look at flies, I don't see them the same. I prefer them not to be on my food, but I <laughs> but, um, and the other thing is tomatoes. You know, I remember growing uh, tomatoes uh, and this was also tomato nanda. And I realized that the movement of life, the mystical movement of life, the magical movement of life, there is no going from one place to another. Because if you're here and you want to go there, once you're there, you're here already. So I realized everything is in a state of becoming more than what it is. So like planting that seed in that ground, it already had in that little teeny tomato seed, the blueprint of what its potential could be, a beautiful tomato or more tomatoes. It doesn't go anywhere. It just becomes and becomes and becomes. And it's becoming more of what it already is. And we are in that same movement of life. Yes. We are becoming conscious evolution, whatever you want to call it, are becoming more of who we already are. So yeah, that was from a tomato. You don't have to pay for gurus. <laughs> just, you know, uh, just hang out with ants and flies and horses <laughs> and, and vegetables. And But uh, yeah, it was amazing. And now I, I see everything is that. You know, everything is becoming what it already is. Does that make sense? Yes. No, I love your insights and how we can take these very tangible mm. things of a tomato. I'm not, I'm not going to look at my garden ever the same now, uh, <laughs> but, but I love the insights of, you know, we are just like the elements of nature into this space of becoming and more importantly, becoming more of who we really are. I do think it is kind of a, a remembering process for me, at least, you know, I, I take some of the belief systems that I took in from family or society or culture. And now I'm in at least a season of life where I'm like, is that really true for me? And really questioning some of those perspectives that I've just, without questioning, I'm just taking them on as well. That must be true because that's what I'm seeing around me or that's what I see reflected in my family or friends or media or whatever, and to really look at the bigger perspective or the bigger picture, you know, where can we see the seeds being planted within ourselves? Uh, so I, I really love that description of looking at the tomato or looking at the fly and maybe seeing a deeper meaning. I just wanted to clarify the seeds within us are in desires within our soul. Yes. Mm. And as we, I feel it's very important to follow your desires, but mm. desires of the soul that leads to inspired action that helps the process of evolution. Because we all want to be our authentic self, but connected to the greater aspect. Yes. You know, so yeah. So I just want to say the seeds are within us too. Yes. Let's go into your, your books a little bit, which I love that you call heart writings. So your the book you mentioned, Balancing the Stones, Pour Me Another Cup. What were some of your inspirations um, for writing those works? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> Pour Me Another Cup was published a couple of years ago. And uh, the new one that came out pretty recently was uh, Balancing the Stones. And when I used to especially be in the ashram, 
I used to get these little downloads of inspiration. And if I, I used to write them down on these little pieces of paper and I just shoved them in a box and um, I had tons of them, you know, for the last few years. And what I was starting to feel was that humanity is at a real critical point in the past few years, especially now. And, um, and this critical point in human history is making the decision what kind of world we want to live in. Do we want to live in a world of love, peace, and kindness? Or do we want to live in a world of fear and discord and violence? It's mm -hmm. in our hands. That is the biggest um, realization that I think anybody can have and anybody could have is how we, our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings, and our actions all affect the world that we share, that outside world or the physicality. And I, I felt like one of the only way I really see the world that we live in and our own personal worlds to raise consciously is to have a transformation. And the first step in transformation, not change, because change is just changing the same thing. That's how I see it. But a complete transformation, a shift, is to start looking within, within your own self, and not so much focus on the outer world. Because the outer world is like waves of the ocean, you know? You're going to get seasick eventually. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that are seasick now. There's just so much bombardment of, of information that really doesn't benefit us sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when you go into the deepest of the ocean, that's where it's still. And that's within us. Then we can understand the waves. We can understand the modulations of the world. You can't understand the world by being in it. You have to step, you step away a little bit. So say more about that. Like, you know, when, when you step away, you know, what are you stepping away to? Okay, that's a very good question. Well, first of all, let me make a, a couple of, now, uh, of definitions that I have. So the way I see the shared world, the world that, you know, we all share in and the physicality, the reality that we think is real, and it can't create on its own. It's a reflection. So if you can entertain that idea that the world is a reflection, like a mirror, okay? So if I'm standing in front of a mirror and I want to see how I look in this top hat, I don't put the top hat on the mirror, it'll fall. I have to put it on me. Then the mirror will reflect that top hat on me. So the biggest thing I feel that our conscious evolution is going to expose for us is what we want in the world, we have to do first or believe first or feel first or think mm -hmm. first. Then it reflects. So... If you could also think of the world like an instrument, it's an instrument. It's an instrument to enjoy our life and, and to, you know, have senses and, you know, smelling and eating, of course, eating and, and all this stuff. But it's like an instrument. An instrument can't play by itself. It plays by the breath given. And that is the ultimate, I feel, responsibilities of humans is what breath are you giving to this world that we're all sharing? It's in our hands and breath. So I wanted to de define that as how I see the world. And as, as well as, if you really think, can you really find the world? Like, where is it? The world is the people and the land and the water and, and the societies. 
But it's, there is no world. We put that all construct together within us. So the world really is just a perception that we experience and then we call it real. Does that kind of make sense a little bit? Yes, absolutely. That was beautiful and so well oh, said. <laughs> and so well said. I'm like, wow, I feel like that should just be a period and we'll drift off into greater consciousness. <laughs> no, oh, but good. that's the thing. That's the thing. Yes, that's great. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. That was a really beautiful explanation. Uh, in your in your writings, you mentioned about um, having a mystical experience. Um, explain to our listeners, like, what do you mean by mystical and what would that experience look like? Okay. Yeah. And that's why I call them mystical writings because a mystical ex- experience sounds very mystical, but I want to demystify it because it's, it's available to everybody. <laughs> Okay, so it's, it's not that it's only for the few. So, um, but my interpretation of a mystical experience is when one experiences that oneness and unity of existence, and you experience that's the realm of the mystical, because if you think about it, from what it, something was to what it becomes has to go through that unity, that, that uh, oneness, if that makes sense. And the mystical realm is, to me, where the infinite and the finite mingle. It's where the real and the unreal kiss. It is where the mortality and the immortality that we feel hold hands. And it's where the human and the spirit embrace. It's mm-hmm. that place where the both come together in that oneness and in that unity. And as a mystical poet, which I consider myself that, because is one, or you don't have to, you know, labels are, you know, hearsay, but for anybody that wants to delve deeply and profoundly into the nature of existence is one, you know, that wants to connect to that higher perspective, whatever you want to call it, eternal source, God, you know, love, wh- whatever you choose to call that. But that part, that is the essence of what everything else is, is the essence of you. And it starts to, that mystery and that um, mysticalness, if there's such a word, it starts to rise. And then that mystery becomes your teacher. Because it's never-ending. It's infinite. You're always going to be unlayering and, and finding things out. So that's my interpretation of that. That's beautiful. And, you know, oh. I've, I've experienced that. You know, I've experienced that oneness and, you know, just where everything is existing all at once. And I am a part of that. And I am, you know, in this just divine love sensation and and there's you know it's just this beautiful love vibration that you can feel and I know you you mentioned samadhi and you know just the the level of you know all that the oneness and you know so I know how I've gotten there before but I'm wondering like you know if you have any tools or techniques or things that people can you know get to how do they get there because it does seem like such a far off, you know, abstract, you know, if we're in our minds too much, it's, it's, you know, that it makes it hard to get there. And so 
I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what would that look like? How do we get to connect with spirit, connect with the oneness, connect with the all that is in the the omnipresence feeling, um, the vibration of unified love? Yeah, that that's a great question. Because, you know, it sounds really mystical, it sounds out of reach sometimes, but we experience it all the time. So like, for instance, <laughs> um, when I was talking about where the infinite and the finite mingle, okay, all right, where is that place? All right, so we experience it all the time. And I'll let me explain what I mean by that. So for instance, we were a baby, an infant, and we had little chubby little thighs, right? And, uh, and then we grew to a toddler, and now we're an adolescent and so on. And now we're adults. Now the body changed. Our thoughts changed somewhat. Some people are not too sure. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Um, our emotions changed, but something remained the same. So the finite part of our body, that changed. That's finite. That's subject to time and whatever. And, but the infinite, infinite part of us, immortality feeling that remained with us so that once you start acknowledging that that's a mystical experience and i'm going to say one more does that make sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then here's another example just in case when you go to sleep you have a dream Mm -hmm. then you awake and then you go oh i had a dream well if you were sleeping who was dreaming Uh, who was witnessing so if you were sleeping who witnessed the dream and that's that omnipresent, that witness. That So we're always in both of those worlds. And when you start acknowledging, they come together just from acknowledging it. And that's a mystical experience. And one other one I'll put in is um, we see people dying all around us. Or the body perishes, our family, friends. But yet there's a part of us that seems like it's not going to touch us. Or we wouldn't be living our lives the way we do. So that immortal part of us, that higher self, that guard self, you know, love. There's so many terms, that consciousness, pure awareness, that who I feel is really who we really are, the true nature of us. And then we have this body that allows us to experience that. What a wonderful deal. <laughs> and that's where it comes together. And that's, a, that's in the mystical realm. So we experience it every day. You know, and uh, there's tons of, um, how about real, uh, where the real and the unreal? How many times have you looked for your keys and you can't find them? You're going crazy. Uh, Where are they? And then you go, all right, and that's the reality at that point. That's real. I can't find my keys. I looked on that table. They're not there. Then when you let it go, eventually you have to, you know, you're mad, stomping out, you know. And then later after you forget about it, you come back and the keys are right on the table. So that's where the kind of the unreal and the real meet too, because there's a very thin veil, which I'm sure you you know, Maya, where Mm -hmm. the illusion of reality and unreal is very intertwined. It makes a beautiful dance sometimes, but it drives us crazy. So these kind of experiences are just being aware of your life and the wonder of life, Mm. you know, could I mention one other thing just so then I could refer back to it? Please. Sure. Please. Okay. I think Superman had a, had the deal. All right. You know that big <laughs> S on Superman? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I believe we have within us 
there's a lot of cells, but the two main that I see is the big S, the big self, like Superman, and the small self, because that's how I could distinguish where I want to be connected to. So the small self S is that is your ego, your hamkara, the self-image, you know, uh, the one that has a name like Stephanie and has likes and dislikes. And the ego is not a bad thing. You know, everybody thinks, oh, I want to get rid of my ego. You can't get rid of the ego. I, I wish you luck. But you, it shouldn't be in charge. That's the trick. <laughs> so, the, so that part of us is that small S, not that it's lesser than, but it's part of the part that helps us navigate to this physicality we call life. Without it, you couldn't, you couldn't do it. There would be nobody there. The big S is that higher self, that witness. It is that which looks through your eyes, not from your eyes. It is that that has the higher perspective, the greater perspective. Mm-hmm. It's standing on the summit. We're looking at yet smallest. Mm-hmm. Now we have both those. And I feel the trick of being a human is integrating them. You can't be totally mm-hmm. one without the other. We're both. We mm-hmm. have to embrace and love both parts of us or all parts of us. So that's how you were asked, how do people how do they get into this being connected? Well, first distinguish the big S and the small. Test it out yourself. You don't take my word for it. And then what happens is then you'll be able to make decisions. And you can see, is that from my small S, which is usually fear-based, separate-based, the ego in that part? And if it's coming from then, well, then you have to readjust maybe. But then if you're looking from the big S, that's coming from the love, the consciousness, pure awareness, seeing the whole picture. And it helps very much to make decisions. And when you're connected to that big S more so, or that's the the one is the master, not the, the ego should be the servant to that master, if it makes sense. Then you know it. How do you know it? Well, you feel good. First of all, you Mm. feel good. When you're connected to that source energy. It sounds like it's finding that balance between the little S and the big S. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see that integration of though that's who we are, you know, and you can't be one without the other. We wouldn't be able to experience life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, uh, and the, yeah. So, so it also sounds like the, the bigger S, this higher perspective. I know when I am, seeing through that lens that I move from like my heart's deepest desires mm-hmm. or what people might refer to as passion. And so I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more about how, how do we make the big S that higher perspective self kind of be the driver in the driver's seat. Um, and the ego gets the back seat, uh, if you will. And that we can truly live from what we truly desire as opposed to the smaller S self. Well, that's a good question too. Okay, so the big S, all right, how about this? We could be conscious of ourselves. So right now I'm watching myself talk to you, right? Could you do that, right? Do you know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we could actually watch ourselves. Well, if I'm watching myself, who's watching me? So there it is right there, just acknowledging there is a presence or a higher perspective of who you are. 
Okay. Does that make a little bit of sense? Absolutely. As we're the observers. Exactly. And, you know, Mm. and just by being aware, you start developing a relationship with that part. And one of the other things, as you mentioned, passions, that is big. I'm very big in following your heart's desires, your passions, because that is one of the ways that you present your real authentic self into this world. And when you start doing that into the shared world, then you have a direct access to the absolute self. Authentic self then starts to play around with the authentic self. If you're not allowing yourself to be truly your blossom and your bloom, it's going to be difficult to follow or feel that absolute, that witness, that observer, that pure awareness, that God, whatever. You have to, and passions is one way of bringing that out. And, and then I, I used to do classes and I had many people that said, I don't know what my passions are. Right. And, and that, and that, because we haven't, a lot of people have not entertained that. So one of the clues that I can give is first of all, you see what brings you joy. It could be from painting to gardening. It could be cleaning. It could be anything. So what brings you joy and excitement? That's a beginning opening portal to your passions. Also, I used to tell some of uh, the people I used to work with, when you're watching TV, if you see something that really turns you on, like, wow, I love that. That is also a kind of a clue that that might be something that you may want to look into and explore. So the whole thing is be, be observant and whatever makes you happy. Now, if you don't know what makes you happy, and that happens a lot too, I would suggest having a little bit of fun. <laughs> you got to loosen up a little bit, you know? Uh, people take their lives a little bit too seriously and think there's this big, you know, thing that they have to accomplish. And it's really just enjoying your life and, and allowing that process to expose your true nature. It's just so enjoyable that way. But yeah, yeah, I think fun is probably one of the most biggest priorities in my life. I, I like to have fun. I like to have joy. And it loosens you up. And that can actually help you uh, find some of your passions. But you got to be observant. What is making you happy? And then that can open up the portal of, uh, of the passions, the seed that's in your soul that's dying to come out. Yeah, I find, you know, having fun and, you know, getting into the childlike, playful self is so important just for well-being and, yeah, moving the energy and getting out of that stagnation of, you know, the mind. And, you know, my favorite thing to do is probably go I I love to dance so I'll just go out and you know dance or turn up the music in my house and you know dance you know if I just need some music and and just to flow with the music and that really helps me you know get more into my body and and just get into my playful self Mm -hmm. and and that's and I think that is like you know if you look at the word enlightenment Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of terms and and I, I personally feel everybody's enlightened already. Mm-hmm. And or we wouldn't be striving for it. What are we striving for if we didn't know what it already was? Mm. Or is. It's a state of being. It's not even a thing. So, but it, the word says it. Lighten up. <laughs> 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 so fun. 
Well, I think as adults, we, you know, we're taught, oh, once you're an adult, you have to be serious, go to work, you know, come home, take care of the bills, blah, blah, (laughs) you know, all that, that stuff that, you know, is, uh, yeah, makes it, you know, a serious game. And, (laughs) but, you know, life is, yeah, to, to have fun and explore and have adventure and fun and, you know, all of that, I think it just lifts the spirit and, you know, and so what would you, tell someone who you know they they have something they want to do like maybe it's a big adventure or you know and they don't have the money or they're having these human adult quote problems you know and but they're like they want to like jump in and and do these things how would you what would you say to that person so they'll have a a big um, dream that they want to accomplish Mm -hmm. so I know sometimes money stands in the way and that is a part of a reality for some because they don't know how to get around that. But the thing is, is say somebody wants to, um, wants to be an actor. All right. And they want to be a famous actor. Well, it's very hard to make that quantum leap from being a non-actor to a famous actor, but you want to keep that dream alive. So what you do is you start taking steps start exploring what kind of an actor you want to be you know don't start taking classes start you know you you have to start the momentum and then because you know i remember you know abraham hicks mm-hmm. yes. yep. she had this great analogy she said uh we were living i don't know i think we were in arizona and wanted to go to california and you can't go from arizona to california and they were traveling at night so they had their lights on. You can only do 100 feet at a time, you can see. And that's the way you can actually manifest your uh, passions and dreams as well. You really can't see there because as you're going those 100 feet at a time, things are going to change and you may take different routes. But it, start exploring. Start getting excited about it. Mm-hmm. And when something comes in your mind, like, not, I don't have money or I'm not smart enough, You have to be very clear about your thought process and don't entertain it. Say, you know what? I'm putting you aside for right now. I'm going to have fun dreaming because dreaming is what creates the world. So does that make a little sense? You know, I love how you said dreaming creates the world. I I remember it's, it's kind of a, a a shaman term of we dream our world into being. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so, that's so true. And I know for me personally, I love setting intentions like capital I intentions. And for me, because I, my focus tends to be a little scattered. If I just hold to that one word or short phrase intention throughout my day, that keeps that momentum that you were talking about, because otherwise left to my own mind's devices, I would be kind of scattered, you know, all over the place. So really holding that heartfelt intention, I think, on what we do want, and then taking those little steps forward to being the actor, or writing the book, or whatever that process um, is for someone, I think is is really Um, helpful to see and to hold that space for ourselves. Exactly. And just, I have another guru that I wanted to mention that addresses this subject and that's a frog. A frog? A frog. Yeah. (laughs) That was uh, on one side of the pond that wanted to go to the other one. And it went from lily pad to lily pad. 
and then it eventually went to the other side. So I also want to make a point. Some people can make the shifts fast if they have that understanding of the nature of reality. Yes. Um, or how important that dream is. Sometimes, like I can manifest a, a parking space really easy. <laughs> but if I want to manifest going to uh, Italy or something, uh, I, something I always wanted to do, which I did go, but anyway, which I always wanted to do, that there's a lot of emotions around it. So sometimes it's, it, it is just lily pad to lily pad. So it matters. And, and that's another thing. Have fun. Go out, see how you manifest. Oh, you know, I want to manifest the parking site. But don't get disappointed. You know, if it doesn't come, that means that's the thing that's standing in your mind for all the bigger things. So just be aware of how that works, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like, yeah, just coming back to the awareness and that leads to the, the consciousness and the oneness. And, you know, when you're also when you're working and recognizing what thoughts are keeping you from manifesting, you know, you can do something about it. You know, we can move through those blocks, those energies and, you know, being clear of what we want to create and just mm -hmm. taking one step at a time. Some things don't happen overnight and that's okay because sometimes I think too, we don't always get what we want right away because maybe we're not ready for that maybe the vibration isn't quite there if we got what we wanted right there like maybe we you know weren't at the level we needed to be at so we have to take those steps in order to also create that level of consciousness along the way mm -hmm. absolutely and if i could add to that desires are not an end point according to the way my experiences they are like signposts so like, if you ever realize, oh, I want a new car, or I'm sick of this junky car, I want a new one that starts in the morning or whatever, and then you finally get it, the it's, it's the journey of getting it, mm -hmm. of, of manifesting that into bringing that future into the present. That's the trip. That's the fun part. Then once you get the car within a very short period of time, you're off on another desire. Have you ever mm -hmm. noticed that? So mm -hmm. desires have a bad rap because people, you know, think, oh, you shouldn't have desires. Well, if you think of a desire as an endpoint, well, this is going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. Okay. You have to be happy first and enjoy the journey of manifesting your desires because those desires are going to unfold like a flower. Absolutely. So it's, it's important to see that subtle distinction of mm -hmm. desires. Mm -hmm. being happy now yeah not because i think there's in our culture we have this i'll be happy when you know i get this you know thing it's but it is you're right you know it's about the journey there is no destination ever because that destination is just like a carrot and a stick and we're just continuously chasing hoping that next thing will bring us happiness but it you know it never does because we need to be happy now we have to learn to embody that and how do you be happy now? Mm -hmm. That's that's a hard one for people. How do I yeah. be happy now if I have nothing to be happy about? Mm -hmm. Well, then that's where Superman comes in. Mm -hmm. When you're connected to that big S, that higher perspective, you feel appreciation, love, happiness, joy. And it really doesn't matter about other things. So if I could just explain that for a minute, because I'm excited. This is great. I love talking about this. If you have a flower... 
And, um, and that stamen in that flower did not have the understanding of the greater flower, the greater perspective of flower. It would have no purpose, okay? How about our cells, the cells of a human body? If the cells did not have the whole body in mind to keep the body alive, it would have no purpose. It can't live on its own. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the biggest things that I think this, our society and humanity and globally is experiencing all this confusion and chaos is they're not connected to that greater aspect. Things don't make sense when you're on your own. I mean, a leaf on a tree would have no purpose if there was no tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that making sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And recognizing so, how much the microcosm is really, you know, we're impacted by the macro and, and vice versa. We all play a big part mm-hmm. in, in, in the purpose that we live on this earth. Yeah. And, you know, and you have to have the courage to look within. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think a lot of people are doing it now. I, 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 I've noticed it. But there's many that seem they do not know how. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or, or so you have, the first thing is you have to entertain that there is a big S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't entertain that uh, or, or foster that desire to know, uh, then it probably won't be in the, in the cards for this lifetime. I don't know. So. <laughs> Thank you for that analogy of the, the leaf to the tree. And as we wrap up our conversation, wondering if you would maybe give us a reading from one of your books and then tell our listeners where they can find you and, and anything you're currently working on. Thank you. Um, sure. This is one of um, a, a little small heart writing. I think, it, I think it goes for what we were talking about. Awake, we are bundles of light infused with divine information. The stars speak of our origin. The dark speaks of our exposure. Space speaks of our infiniteness. And the order of life speaks of love. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and um. We're, there's two books I have out on Amazon or my website, and the first one is Pour Me Another Cup, Mystical Writings to Illuminate Your Soul, and the one that just recently came out, Balancing the Stones, Mystical Writings to Wake Up Your Soul, and they're both books that I always envisioned someone having on their night table or at their place at work, so it's a book you could pick up, flip to any page, and hopefully that's what you needed to hear at that time mm. to, bring you, to start focusing within. That's the biggest thing. So focusing within. And that's at stephanieacello.com. And uh, my Facebook is One Tone, T-O-N-E, Publications. We can add that to your show notes, the show notes. So yeah, I think I can... gave it to you. Yeah, I think yeah I you did. Addresses. <laughs> I had a, <laughs> a, a brain freeze for a moment. But, yeah. So, and, uh, and if anybody wants to communicate, you can communicate through the website. There's a, uh, email there. You can uh, talk to me if you wanted to. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank well, you. Oh, Stephanie, thank you so much for this beautiful conscious conversation and just being here with us today. And this has been fabulous. And thank you for listening to Be The Love podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. 
And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast. We can continue to spread the love. And to contribute, please visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heatherlyn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heatherlyn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining. (laughs) 